This podcast is brought to you by theschoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code GROW to save 20% when you sign up at schoolofpodcasting.com. Welcome to the Grow Your Community Show. Tips and insights into launching a safe, engaging, and effective community. Hey, I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. Welcome to the grow your community show. When I had the idea for this show, I have a bunch of people that I want to get on, but one of them was Dan Miller. And I'm so happy that he's here for episode one. What I love about Dan, especially when you get into the entrepreneurial space, there are some people that will say what you want to hear. Dan says the truth, whether you want to hear it or not, and then explains why it works and the ramifications of doing the right things. This is a great interview. Here's my talk with Dan Miller. I consider this guy a legend. He's a New York Times bestselling author. You've seen him on CBS. You've seen him on many different shows. You've seen him on Dave Ramsey. He's an author. He's a coach. He is, uh, if you sit next to this guy, you're going to walk away smarter. Dan Miller, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, man, what an introduction. I didn't just go reduce my head size for a minute. <laughs> but 48 Days to the Work You Love, it's been around a while, but it's ageless. Yeah, I just released the 20th anniversary edition. Yeah, amazing to see it just continue to have legs. I've updated it every five years. I update it. So it's brand, brand new 20th anniversary edition. Well, I saw where you, you added two new words to the title. It's now To the Work and Life You Love. And I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What inspired that? Golly, as I work with people in business ideas, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. Love that space. But as I look at that, I see how easily, how quickly it bleeds over into other areas of life. It's not just about business, especially when you're an entrepreneur. You know, there's no stopping it. It's 24-7, you're an entrepreneur. So it immediately affects other areas of your life, physically, spiritual, socially, family, all those things. And the questions we get, you know, at 40 days are so much in the life space. Gee, my spouse doesn't support me with this crazy idea I have. I thought I was going to be the next Bill Gates and she's putting the brakes on. Well, so it was just a natural addition, 48 days to the work and the life, because there's so many components that overlap. When did the first Eagles, the first version of the Eagles Club start? Oh, that goes way back. I've always been enamored with just the symbolism of eagles, mm -hmm. how they're focused, they're loyal, they're determined, persistent, that we can go through characteristics that I admire greatly of the eagles. So I've used that term a lot. So way back at the beginning of all this, 48 days, I started a, a little group, Dave Ramsey and I started a group together, and I called it the eagles. There were 12 of us. We met for 14 years every Wednesday morning. So the Eagles. So it was that little tight mastermind group where we saw our kids grow up, grew our businesses together and all of that. But I've, I've leveraged, I've repurposed that again and again and again. So my current mastermind is called Eaglepreneurs. Our online community is called the 48 Days Eagles. So I consistently go back to that just because I, I like the term. I like what it brings to mind immediately to people. So it goes back a lot of years. Yeah, because I know at one point, I think for a while you were on Facebook. I think now you're using Mighty Networks for That's it. Did you get a lot of pushback when you moved from Facebook to Mighty Networks? We lost about a third of our membership. So that tells you right there. Yeah, people are used to Facebook. 
it's so ubiquitous. It's just there. Every time you pick up your phone, you know, hundreds of times a day, it's there. But there are some things implicit in that very characteristic that I thought were negatives mm. because there's so much volume. How do you get your unique group community content to stand out when they may have scrolled through 98 other things to get to it? And then also, as you know, well, from Facebook, the distractions are intentional. They're not just random. They're intentional where they try to pull you away and go to other things. The intrusions, the way they mine data and use data then to market to you directly. I mean, I I just don't want to be part of that mess. I think it has some really unique, clean, pure, clear, positive characteristics to have a site apart from that. Now, I'm not dissing Facebook. It is what it is. But it just doesn't appeal to me in terms of having a business location destination for people. Has the the activity, I guess, in the group, is it now about the same or a little less? I would think the people that are there are there for a reason. I mean, they're there to to be part of the group. I have never seen such loyalty, such intimacy, such a feeling of this is a safe place. People don't get that on Facebook. Here they do. And the way that people share, encourage each other, you know, when they go there, they have to go there intentionally. It's not going to be something just automatic. Now, you know, Mighty Networks has an app, so you can get notifications if you want to. You can control that. But they go there intentionally. So they're there with a purpose, not just kind of randomly scrolling through and something pops up. And because of that, it has accelerated the very things that you just mentioned, the very things that I want to see in an intentional business community. This is not just showing up and gee, you know, I, I had hamburger and fries for lunch. No, this has a purpose. And when people there, they display that purpose. Do you have moderators or at one point did you have to start bringing on other people maybe to help manage it? You know, this is really interesting because I have two part-time people who help me manage that. Now, that being said, we have a whole lot of leaders in this community, Mm. but they emerged as leaders because of their involvement and their contributions. So we identify those leaders. We've given some titles, Dean of Coaching, Dean of Speaking, where these people have proven their leadership abilities and we acknowledge them as such and make them leaders in the community. We right now are running what we call Eagle's Nest. So there are 11 groups, small groups of people who are interested in particular areas of business. One of those being podcasting, then speaking, coaching. Golly, we've got, you know, how to understand your your personality, music, art, those kind of things. Those are all led by volunteer members. They're members who have proven their expertise in those areas. Mm. I mean, you and I, you know, have a mutual friend, Eric Johnson. Yeah. He podcast talent coach. Are you kidding me? I was leading that group because I'm a fan of podcasting. And here I have Eric show up in my last group. And I said, good grief. I don't need to be leading this thing. You do. Well, guess what? Easily. So we've identified leaders in the group who have emerged by their natural showing of their ability. It really requires very little of me. I'm amazed at how little I need to do in that community. It's self-policing. It's self-growing, thriving. The biggest thing that drives new members are happy members who are in there. So even, even the marketing is minimal because of how that group is functioning on its own. And people make an investment. So it's self-purging. 
if somebody isn't getting value, if they're not involved in the community, participating and contributing, they're going to be removed, which is exactly what I want. I've had other communities online where we've gotten really big numbers because it was free. Well, there's, there's no self-cleansing process in a free group. I'm a big believer in having a paid group. The numbers, you know, we all want to brag about numbers. My gosh, you know, you're in a podcast world. You know how people put oh. the numbers. <laughs> yes. We I, love our stats. I, I recently, well, you know, it was, uh, I forget who it was. But anyway, an advertiser, you know, wanted to advertise. And I sent him a screenshot of my lips and numbers. And they're like, oh my gosh, nobody ever does that. I said, yeah, I know what they do. They fudge the numbers. They take their Facebook fans and LinkedIn connections and everything, combine them all for this grandiose number, which is unreal. I said, here are the actual numbers, my podcast downloads. And they were blown away that I did that. But yeah, you know, I'm not enamored with the big numbers. I'm enamored with really quality engagement and growth for participants. If somebody said, well, why should I start a community? What do you think is the big thing that you get out of it? I have a core message with my 48 days book. That is how to identify how God has uniquely gifted that you, and then to translate that into meaningful, purposeful, profitable work. That's it. So if I think that can benefit people, then I want them to experience that. So a community is one more way for people to experience that. We have multiple ways. We have courses. We have a pretty robust product suite, courses, seminars, you know, online training, coaching, of course, my podcast. So the community is one more way to do that. And it's quite effective in that people are sharing testimonials. Yeah, I did this. Now, you know, here's where I was two years ago. Here's where I am today. Boy, that does things to drive the sharing of your message like few other things can do. People can read a book in isolation. You know, they read it and they like it, but wow, that may be the end of it. But if they're in community and they say, well, gee, how'd you get there? How did you use this principle to move yourself forward? Then there's a viral effect to that that we don't get through other mediums. You have a, a course on masterminds. I, I go back to the days I read your book on a PDF that you had. On mastermind. Uh-huh. On one hand, there's a community and then there's a mastermind. Are they the same thing? Is it a different? And if they're different, because I think sometimes people use those words interchangeably. Callie, great question. I love your question, Dave. And no, they're not. I don't know of any word that has been more bastardized in the last few years than mastermind. I mean, people use that. Hey, let's get together for dinner. You know, we're going to have a mastermind. Hey, you know, why don't you come over to my house on Saturday morning? We're going to have a mastermind. Well, that's not really the description of a mastermind. Man, I go all the way back to Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich, where he talked about every person who had had extraordinary success that he studied over a 20-year period, without exception, was part of a mastermind. So if it was Henry Ford or Andrew Carnegie or J.D. Rockefeller, all those guys who were world changers were part of a mastermind. But that wasn't just some big group where you just got together for dinner. Those were people who were getting together regularly and sharing ideas, sharing life deeply. So mastermind, you can't scale a mastermind. You can't just have it open-ended and all of a sudden you've got a thousand people in there. That's not a mastermind. Now I've done some experimenting. The group that Dave and I, Dave Rames and I had for uh, 14 years, 12 guys. That was it. I mean, somebody had to die or leave before there was an opening. That was it. (laughs) The only way in. And that rarely happened. 
So there's that. Now, right now I've got a mastermind and I have 30 people in it. I'm experimenting. It's working really, really well because what I'm finding is that we have little pockets of unique expertise. So if someone needs medical help, we've got two doctors in there. If someone needs legal help, we got three attorneys in there. So I'm finding that we have kind of a economy of scale in talent and having a few more people. I'm still testing that to see if I really like that. I have no expectation, no desire, you know, to increase that number to 50 or a hundred. No, but I'm experimenting with a little bigger group. And because we connect virtually, it's working extremely well. An online community on the other hand, we still screen people. We, they still have to apply and be approved. They still have to meet certain criteria to be in there, but we don't have the depth of level of connection in there. There are people who are being helped by other people who I don't even know. I can't realistically be deeply connected with a whole lot of people like that. So no, it's, it's very different. It's not a mastermind at all. I would never call it such. When we come back from break, Dan's going to talk about his application process and when you should start a community. This is happening more and more. I was talking with a client and well, this happened. I mean, there's Facebook ads. I know some people are doing that. And Facebook, I'm so down on Facebook. It seems like everybody I know is more down on Facebook just because of what they show, what shows up on their scroll. Yeah, people are leaving Facebook in droves. And one of the tools I'm using to replace it has revolutionized the way I do coaching. It's like Slack and Zoom had a baby. Check it out growyourcommunityshow.com slash volley. It's free and you won't believe it. How do you get the word out about your community? Through a podcast. How do you avoid sounding bad, stupid, or spending too much money on equipment you don't need? You join the School of Podcasting. We have step-by-step tutorials, live group coaching, and a private community filled with brilliant podcasting minds. Start your podcast by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join and use the coupon code GROW to save 20%. That's coupon code GROW when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Everything we just talked about, you can find at growyourcommunityshow.com in our resources section. Now back to the show. What's the application process? This is really an entrepreneurial community. I mean, we, we want people who are clear on what they're moving toward. Now, we still have a lot of people who are working traditional jobs. That's fine. We have a program where we teach them how to use 15 hours a week to grow a very significant business. You can do that. 15 hours a week, six months, you can have a $100,000 year business. We have lots of examples of people doing that. But these are all people who have some kind of an idea of what they're moving toward. So we don't want somebody who's just disgruntled with their work. I mean, that would include everybody. (laughs) So so we want people who have a clear idea. Here's something I'm testing, but now I want to grow this a little bit more. And so if we see those characteristics in there, and we have other ways that we bet people to look at what else are they doing on social media. We don't want somebody to just come in and think this is a place to recruit or spam people. Nah, not going to happen. So we have some simple questions, about 20 questions somebody has to ask, answer, and then we approve them or not. And so you mentioned that, like, obviously, if somebody's just, a, you know, Oscar the Grouch, for lack of a better phrase, what other things would, like, is just immediately a red flag? And, and not that these are bad people, they're just not a yeah. good fit for your community. Is there anything else you can think of? Oh, yeah. There's some real red flags that people don't anticipate. It's people who blame and point fingers and complain. Gee, you know, every job I've had, the boss has been an idiot. Oh, really? Let's look for the common denominator in this scenario. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I have very little patience with people who who have lots of reasons for why they've failed. I mean, right now, look at what's happened. It's the government, you know, it's the church, it's the economy, you know, it's it's COVID, it, what, whatever. I mean, I'm talking to people who are absolutely thriving right now with all these things that seem like obstacles and a lot of people talking about nothing but loss and lack. There are people who are absolutely knocking it out of the park. Those are the people that I look for, people who accept responsibility for where they are. So we have some subtle questions that help us identify that. Is this person accepting responsibility? Is this person decisive? Is this person at a different place? I mean, sometimes in a personal conversation, I'll ask somebody, how is your life different today than it was three years ago? Just that open-ended. If if they describe it and it's exactly the same, well, guess what? I got a pretty good predictor of what your life is going to be like three years from now. But if that person has changed that period of time, oh, that opens a door. We can identify some new goals, some new vision and move forward with this person. For somebody who's thinking of starting a community, what would be your advice as as someone who's not only started one, but boy, is that flourished? And not only for a little bit, we're talking over a decade of having this community go on and on and on. And now you've got, like you said, you've got coaches and leaders in it. So for somebody just starting out, what would be your advice? Boy, this is really tough for people because I know that memberships are so popular right now. People look at it and they do the math on it you know, immediately and think, oh my gosh, this is a cash cow. But the key is you have to have a center of influence before a membership community will work. So I talk to people who want to jump into this space. They have some area of expertise and maybe rightly so. I mean, it could be an attorney who's been working as a corporate attorney. And now that person wants to start a member. I say, okay, how many connections do you have on LinkedIn? Well, none. I've never done that. How many blogs have you written in the last three years? Well, none. I haven't done that. You know, what are you doing on Facebook? Well, nothing. I haven't done that. Here's how a membership site works. It works best as a subset of a larger community that you already have. You know, if I have a lot of people on my email list and we have, you know, we've got about 120,000 people. They get my weekly newsletter. That gives me a basis of people who are already listening to me. Then if I announce a new product that we have available, sure, we're going to have a percentage of those people who say, I'm in. But if you have no audience, don't start a membership site. Work to build an audience. I mean, blog for a while. Get involved in other communities. Do something to start building. Put together a little course and promote it and sell it. And all of a sudden, you got 5,000 people where you have permission, where you have their email contact. Then you've got the basis to begin exploring a membership site. But not when you don't have any audience. It just flat doesn't work. Typically, when you first start out, you're just going to get probably a smaller portion than you think of your audience is going to join. And so when you're starting off from zero, <laughs> a small percentage of zero is, is zero. So That's exactly right. Uh, you mentioned your email list, and I know you have your podcast because I'm a, a big fan of that. You've been on TV, you've been on the radio. When you look at your Eagles club, do you know where most people are coming from? Or is it just referrals from other members? It's primarily referrals from other members. We continue to plant the seed 
of what we're doing in the Eagles community. My podcast, I mean, if you listen to that, I use a lot of examples. Hey, in the Eagles community, here's somebody, you know, here's Dave. Let me tell you what he just did. So those things without selling, plant the seed. Oh, that's where the action is. That's where people are really getting results. That's where people have a lot of other people helping them. I mean, I'm starting a, a group just immediately here that's called Will It Fly? Mm-hmm. I had people put in applications. And I said, if you're, you know, seven, $800 a month on a little side idea and you want to get that to a thousand, put in an application and I'll screen and I'll select 20 people. So I did. We had tons of applications and we had a lot of them from people who were like I talked about, unfortunately, gee, you know, I really want to do this, but I don't know what my idea would be. Those are not in this group. I selected people who have a business bones structure put together and they need to scale it. Then next month, I'm going to be working with those who are already at three or 4,000 and want to grow to $5,000 a month. The next month, I'm going to go with a group who are already at seven or $8,000 a month and want to grow to 10,000. And I'd like to continue that, frankly. But those are the kind of things we do inside there just to serve those people well. We just give and give and give. And those people become rabid fans. There is nothing you can do to grow a membership site. You can manipulate and con and do launches and open and close doors, all the things that people do, and that's fine. What we do is create raving fans because of the success stories they experience in the community. That's awesome. It's authentic. I, I, I'm sitting here smiling. I, I can't think. I'm so happy to hear that because I, <laughs> I tell people all the time, they're like, how do I grow my audience? I go, make your content so good that the people listening have no choice but to tell a friend. And I go, and that's how you grow your podcast. And it sounds like you have the same kind of theory. And what's great about that is also you have social proof. When you take somebody from, you know, $600 a month to a thousand facts, you know, it's, here's the numbers. They don't lie. I used to do this and now I'm doing this and people can show the transformation. You know, you can't argue with that. That's awesome. In my podcast that I just recorded for this week, I told a story about a young guy who was making $40,000 a year. He's now making more than 10 times that. Wow. He called into Dave Ramsey and Dave said, you know, debt free. And Dave says, you know, how long would you do this? He said, you recommended Dan Miller's 48 days to the work you love. I read the book, got involved with him. Here I am today. That video incidentally has had over a million views. Think about what that has done for my business. I mean, I could buy all the Facebook ads in the world. I could take out a full page ad in USA Today, and it would not have the impact of that kid with over a million views telling people, hey, this is what happened for me. Now, when you hear that, you know, that somebody went from from where they were to where they are now, how does that make you feel? Oh, my gosh. I mean, people sometimes apologize for sending me success stories. Dan, I know you probably get tired of hearing this. Are you kidding me? I never get tired of hearing those stories. If it's a housewife who figured out a way to, I've got one lady who who makes dolls, a creative way to make dolls, showing mothers how to do that. You know, and she's making six, $700 a month. I love that kind of story. I never get tired of hearing those. Yeah, it's extremely gratifying, Dave. I mean, I just, it's very humbling for a little farm kid from Ohio to be able to, create some kind of little impact where people are experiencing those kind of new results in their lives. It's really, really gratifying. 
Well, and, and you talk about God putting people where they're supposed to be. And in my opinion, you're, you're right where you need to be. And it's like I said, I've, I've spent 30 minutes with you here. I'm already smarter. And uh, <laughs> you know, uh, check out Dan's website, 48days.com. First of all, buy the book. It really is. It's one of those books that I've probably read probably two or three times where about every now and then I'm just like, I just need something to kind of get me back on track and like, okay, you know, it's time to go back that I'll, I'll read Michael Hyatt's platform, Pat Flynn's will it fly. Those all kind of every now and then I go back to the well and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't know how I got off track, but uh, definitely check out that. If you want to check out his, uh, his community, that's at 48 days, Dan, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you taking time to uh, talk to us today. Oh man, my pleasure. As you can tell, my enthusiasm soars having the opportunity to talk about this. So my pleasure and hopefully we stimulated some ideas for your audience as well. Man, what a nice guy. He never disappoints. Got to go out to his website again, 48days.com. He's got more than that book. I forgot about that. He's got other books. He's got uh, Wisdom Meets Passion. He's got No More Dreaded Mondays as well as, like I mentioned, his uh, Eagles Club there. If you want to become a coach, if you want to find a job, if you want to start your own business, it's all there, 48days.com. A couple things that really jumped out at me from this was, one, I loved when he said, I'm not enamored with the big numbers. I'm enamored with really quality engagement and growth for participants. And I think you're going to hear as we go along in this podcast that people that have true communities are not focused on the big numbers and think they focus on their participants and giving them what they want, making sure they are transforming them so that they're different. You, you can see the difference from before they join the community and after. I thought that was great. He said it works best as a subset of a larger community. And I love the fact that he said, look, if you don't have a community, don't start one. Because it's not a matter of I'm going to start from zero and build a community. No, you build a community and then you're going to have your super fans. And this really, if you think about it, if we go back to the days of musicians, the Beatles had a fan club, you know, any kind of group. Uh, There's Lady Gaga has her group and Taylor Swift. You always have fans and then you have the super fans and a community is really a place for your super fans. And then when he was talking about his actual community, he said, I've never seen such loyalty since, uh, and the intimacy. He said such a feeling, and you're going to hear this word a lot of this as a safe place. People don't get that on Facebook, but here they do. And it's one of those words as I'm doing these interviews. Now I hear the word safe a lot. And I love the fact that, you know, Dan has a process of coming into his groups because he's got to make sure it is safe. And that means that not everybody's going to be accepted. And some people, again, will let anybody in as long as you're paying. But with Dan, he sees the big picture and the true value of community. Thanks so much for listening. If you go out to growyourcommunityshow.com, super easy for you to subscribe to the show in whatever app you're using to listen to podcasts. And as soon as the next episode is available, it will be delivered to your advice. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. Want to leave you with a quote from George Bernard Shaw. He says, I am of the opinion 
that my life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. Please treat people the way you want to be treated. And we'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Grow Your Community Show.